It's time for the Steelman and Thune at Noon with Mike Steely and Parker Thune. Hit the guys up on the Riverwind Casino calling line at 405-329-9000. Text the show on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, here's Mike Steely and Parker Thune. We are back at Riverwind, hour number two. Uh, Parker is in Hawaii right now uh, on his honeymoon, and uh, it was it was a good time for him to escape uh, and get away for a while, there's no doubt. But uh, Brandon Drum, uh, OU Insider, Rivals, uh, joining us, and he's going to be here for another hour with us. Riverwind Casino, ladies and gentlemen, is the very best casino in the metro area, and it's not even close, bud. Over uh, nearly now, uh, I, I used to say over 2,800 electronic games. Now it's nearly 3,000 because of the uh, new gaming space they have. Uh, the renovation, if you haven't seen the uh, new Riverwind, it's pretty spectacular. And they've got a great new uh, video uh, advertisement board out there that highlights all the concerts and everything. It looks spectacular. Uh, they've always had the best games, the best bars and dining, incredible promotions. And again, this month, get out here and play in the $100,000 New Scene 17 celebration. And uh, the drawings, again, we've got another drawing tomorrow night. And then the final drawings on a Saturday night, August 26th. Preliminary drawings beginning at 6, running till 1130. Grand prize drawings just before midnight, uh, August 19th, tomorrow night, and August 26th. Uh, they'll have five grand prize winners drawn out, by the way, on uh, Saturday night, August 26th, just before midnight. Five grand prize winners to win at least, and I underline at least, $5,000 in cash each. So always something here at Riverwind. We have another Beats and Bites show coming up outdoors under the lights, August 26th. Gary Allen on the Coupeo Works Beats and Bites stage here at Riverwind Casino. Great local food trucks everywhere, games for the kids, arts and crafts. Great music from Gary Allen. And, again, the tickets are only 10 bucks a piece, and it's one of the best values in uh, the entertainment area here. Beats and Bites every year. Coupel Works, Beats and Bites 2023 outdoors here at Riverwind. And we also have a fall show uh, with the Gin Blossoms October 22nd. Uh, how about this Saturday night on the Showplace Theater stage? Dwight Yoakam is going to be out here, sold-out show. Uh, and then we have the Counting Crows coming up. Friday night, August 25th, uh, one of my favorite bands of the 90s, really good, and there's still some tickets available for that show uh, for the Counting Crows Friday night, August 25th. Later in September, we have REO in Chicago. October, you've got Foreigner. Carly Pierce was recently added to the Showplace Theater lineup October 14th. Rodney Carrington with a couple shows. Aaron Lewis has a show. Flatland Cavalry, Boys to Men, and many more great acts also to come to the Showplace Theater. So there you know why Riverwind is simply the best. And we want to thank Oklahoma Generator for sponsoring our 1 o'clock hour. Go to okgen.com or call 405-321-6631. Oklahoma Generator, they're family-owned and pride themselves on great customer service. Uh, Oklahoma's most experienced service staff and the highest rated and longest operating Generac dealer, currently offering uh, new customer discounts and a free 10-year warranty with new installations. Thank you, Oklahoma Generator, 
okgen.com or call 405-321-6631. All right, uh, Tyler McComas is uh, really the uh, the brainchild. He's the man behind the curtain on the ref uh, Twitter account, at least 90% of the time. And he always puts good questions out there. And this one's kind of generic, but I think everybody would want to know your take because right now, and I'm, Tyler's going to talk about this coming up with uh, with Travis uh, during Locked In as well, but we want to get your take since you cover this. Um, and he asked the questions. Right now, Oklahoma's recruiting class is ranked 16 in the country. They're just ahead, uh, you know, has the uh, photo, SC 17, Texas 18. Um, and he says, Sooner fans, what are your general thoughts about this class and where it currently stands? And what are your thoughts on this OU class as it's put together right now, 16 in the country? I mean, I I think it's a really good class. I think it needs – it's balanced. I think if you look at for the most part, it's very balanced so far. You've got Jaden Jackson – a four-star uh, defensive tackle. Obviously, you've got uh, several. I'm trying to count one, two, uh, three. Taylor Tatum's a huge well, yeah, prize, well, Yeah, yeah, but you got three offensive linemen. You have Wyatt Gilmore at defensive end. you got James Nesta at linebacker. Jaden Hardy, one of the top safeties in the country. Uh, you got four, five really good wide receivers that Oklahoma has committed. Obviously, Taylor Tatum who is the number one running back in the country. You got Michael Patterson-McDonald, four-star safety out of Oklahoma. Uh, It's just very balanced. Xavier Robinson, another running back. Um, Obviously, Michael Hawkins was one of the Elite 11 uh, finalists, four-star quarterback. It's just very balanced, and and yet you still have some big names on the board. Grant Briggs could take it to another level. You've obviously got David Stone, you're still trying to recruit, you know, Williams, Winery, whatever that means. Um, you got Danny Okoye in Tulsa. You have uh, Dominic McKinley, who obviously Texas leads, but Oklahoma has not waved the white flag on. Um, you also have, uh, just trying to think of some other guys off the top of my head, um, on the defensive side of the ball. Mitch and Nigel Smith. Nigel Smith, supposed to announce on September 8th. I like Oklahoma a lot there. He's one of the top 100 and 200 guys in the country. Zeno Mazzullo. Zeno Mazzullo. I I think he's leaning towards Texas, obviously. But Oklahoma's there. So, like, there's big names. And, look, I want people to understand this. There's going to be guys that they get on late. Jordan Seaton, another guy that's close to being a five-star offensive lineman. He's also supposed to visit Oklahoma on September 30th. So, like, they're going to get on guys late, and then obviously there's going to be big-name transfers that they learn, that they land. So this this class is so far from being over, it's not even funny. It won't be done until sometime in middle of January, early February, and I, it, it's going to continue to evolve. But right now, where they stand with the numbers that they have, they have a really good high percentage of – commits when they talk about average ranking per commit i want to say it's like 3.79 or something like that close to averaging a four star per commit that's pretty damn good so if you're oklahoma you got to be pretty excited about something like that and then you just go from there and try to see how things move as you get closer to national signing day 
All right, 405-651-3439 on the uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. That's 405-651-3439. So uh, Pierce, Pierce Leffelholtz is back in the uh, Buffalo Wild Wings studios. Uh, what's the consensus on the text line you've seen on the Winery deal? Are people too burned from what happened uh, with his commitment that they're like, you know, I'm not believing anything about Winery? Are some people encouraged that maybe that door has been cracked open a little bit? I I don't know that it was fully shut and locked with this commitment uh, on Monday, but, um, you know, uh, clearly Oklahoma didn't get the news they wanted to hear, and I think, Obviously, fans were very, very upset about that. What is the consensus you're seeing on the text line about the Winery comments and him wearing the Oklahoma garb last night? Well, it's split a little bit on uh, how people are seeing the comments made last night. Some people are optimistic, hoping they still have a chance, and some people don't even want to get their hopes up anymore. I think the consensus is people are kind of burned out on these recruiting stories and I've I've seen it a lot, a lot of texts saying that they're not going to really keep up with it until signing day. And then once signing day comes, then they'll be able to put it to rest. So just kind of not worrying about it until signing day, I think, is what pretty – I feel like I've seen that like ten times now where people are just giving up on it until until that letter of intent is signed. Can, can, I, can, I, can I dive in on that? That, that is such a – and I'm not hating on the fans that say that because that's their prerogative – it's their mindset. But that's just, that's, you're going to get who you get, and I get that, but it's just funny because those same people, if they land a five-star, will be on there going, oh, it's the greatest thing ever. It's the greatest thing ever. I'm going to keep it falling recruiting. It's, it, it's the fact that it didn't go Oklahoma's way in a couple of instances, and everybody remembers the negatives and not the positive people always like would never land five-star recruits dude you got three of them last year at two of the three of the most important positions safety defensive line quarterback what are we talking about like what are we talking about yes you i think some are just thinking about a five-star interior d lineman I i get it i get it i get it but you also landed the number two transfer defensive tackle that everybody in the country wanted in Dejon Terry. Everybody wants him. Tennessee tried to pay out the wazoo to keep him. That's how bad they wanted to keep him. And he still chose to come to Oklahoma. So I I, I just don't... I get it. You can be burnt out. You can be upset. It is. It's frustrating. You think it's frustrating for the fans? Try covering it. It's super frustrating because we don't know what to believe half the time. But we got to, like, sparse through, do I trust this person? Do I not trust this person? Do I trust this person? Do I not trust this person? Like, it's, it's very, very hard to sift through the trash nowadays because everybody has got their hand out, it feels like, for NIL money. So it, it's, it's a very different climate, and I get that it's frustrating for the fans, but Oklahoma is far, far from missing out on a lot of guys. And I know there's going to be people in the text line hating. I get it. Hate away. I don't care. I'm telling you the truth. It is far from being a bad deal for Oklahoma. They just had the number four class in the country last year. Number four class. 
the highest rated class of all time after going six and seven. They're 14 on rivals, and they're not even close to being done. They're going to end up with another top 10 class, and they went six and seven in 2022. Life is not all bad right now. Well, you know, there are some people who like to dwell in negativity, and I, I get it again on the uh, five-star defensive uh, lineman because there's been such a starvation for those. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that, to me, it is all about that more than anything else. It's the five-star defensive lineman. So, um, you know, they just think in – I know that Parker felt like, man, I was misled in this deal. But it's just a totally different age. I'll tell you what I wouldn't want to be. I mean, and I know these college football coaches and the assistant coaches make a really good living. They make a lot of money. They make a lot of money. And you'll say, well, it's a game, it's a sport. But they work their asses off recruiting these kids, too. You think they're not disappointed in some of these outcomes and all of them? Because not only are they out there coaching during the season – and, again, yeah, it's a great job. But then the other big part of that is trying to recruit and figure out what these kids are trying are telling them, what they're going to do, and uh, in some cases have the rug pulled out from underneath them, you know, at the last minute. So, man, that would not be fun. And I remember it was Kirby Smart. They just won a national championship saying, man, I, you know what? I am uh, – I'm concerned that we're going to have a lot more coaches leaving college football and just go to the NFL because they actually get time to spend with their families in the NFL, which in college football, for a lot of these guys, <laughs> it's a lot of hours, man, a lot of hours. And, uh, again, some disappointments for them, I'm sure, in recruiting that happen time and time again. And there's some great victories, too, but, man, it's, it's a harder job, I think, than people think. All right, let's break right here. Mike Steely, Brandon Drum here at Riverwind Casino on a Friday. And uh, we'll get back to the uh, Meyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. We'll do that next right here on The Ref. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. All right, we're back here on a Friday at Riverwind Casino. Love being out here. And we've got Brandon Drum, OU Insider, Rivals, joining us. And uh, somebody has a question about the 2025 O-line class. We'll get to that here in a minute. I got a text. Steely, I think that Brent is going to be our next Gary Gibbs. What say you? Well... You know, I uh, it remains to be seen. Look, Brent was a great coordinator at Clemson. There are some things last year, game management-wise, that didn't look very good. I, I believe in, you know, the, getting tougher and more physical, all that stuff you have to do when you move up from the, uh, the, the Big 12, which was like the light heavyweight division, to the SEC with, with the real heavyweights, Ollie Frazier, you know, Ken Norton, George Foreman, all those badass heavyweights back in the day. Um, but, you know, the jury's still out on whether or not he's going to be a really good head coach. Gary Gibbs was a smart guy, really good defensive coordinator. Gary Gibbs had the worst luck against Texas, maybe of any OU coach of all time, when it seemed like one of the Washingtons or uh, Texas would make a kick. There was one year Oklahoma's leading the football game uh, and looking like they're going to beat Texas down in the Cod Bowl. 
uh, and Mike McKinley fumbles the football right into the arms. It takes like one hop and goes right into the arms of Bubba Jacks, a Texas defensive back who takes it back for a touchdown. What, what year was this? That would have been maybe 91, maybe, 90, 91. Uh, but Kel, he, he, Kel Gundy was the quarterback that year. Or was it Tinker uh, Collins? I, I, you know, old man memory was one of the two. I think it might have been Kale. I don't know, but I, I just know that mm-hmm. OU was, uh, you know, in a situation where they were leading the game. Looked like Gary Gibbs going to get his dub, and Gary again had bad luck against Texas. Yeah, uh, beat Nebraska once. That's the game where Mickey Joseph, you know, they they. Injured Mickey Joseph, but they they really played well that day. They beat Texas A and M once. The Colorado games, you know, yeah, they killed Texas A and M. Yeah. Uh, one year, I remember like forty three fourteen or something like Gary, that. Gary, super bright guy, uh, was tough to follow. A legend like Barry Switzer, and uh, of course I'm trying to I'm trying to get my Gary Give voice. Uh, uh, well, Gary always had that very man. He was like, you know what? We no want to go out there and hit him in the mouth. You know, <laughs> hit him in the mouth. <laughs> so, uh, but he was uh, one of the greatest linebackers. Of you all know, time. <laughs> I tell you what. And uh, but Gibbs was really regarded as a, a really bright defensive guy, no doubt. Is he still working with uh, with OSU? Some consultant. I, I would have to ask. I maybe somebody will text me and tell me. You know, I just felt, you know, somewhat. Uh, I don't know if he is or not. One, one of the uh, one of the memories I have, I'm trying to think if Kale pulled his helmet off in that Texas game. I think it was. And man, because was you talk went. about that was one of the biggest controversies of all time. Back in the early days, ladies and gentlemen of Pioneer Radio, that the some of the OU hillbillies were very upset with that. When he pulled the hey, it like he like he been there before. It's like he just scored a big touchdown. Yeah. But that was happening all over the country at the time. You know, with a lot of players, it was kind of the thing. I can still remember that being a big deal. So I remember, I remember the USC game. He was having such a great game, and then he got injured. Um, and it cost OU. He we was, don't talk about USC. All right. I mean, you just stare. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, it, he he was a phenomenal. He was he was the OG of OGs when it comes to passing quarterbacks at Oklahoma. Yeah. And, I mean, you think about there were some wishbone quarterbacks who could throw the ball. Mildren had a couple touchdown passes to John Harrison in the game of the century. J.C. Watts could throw it pretty well. I mean, Jamel usually was because of play action. You know, Keith Jackson's running wide open or whatever. But. Uh, when uh, when Kale was being recruited, that was gigantic, gigantic, yeah. obviously, back in the day. And it looked like I know that oh, you know, oh, you recruited Mike too. Yeah, you know, didn't he and almost go to OU? I I remember he like quoted saying he he almost committed to Oklahoma. Yeah, and you know he made the right call. He made the right call. I think that I think at one point Casillas might have been. Really close, either committed to OSU because I think he was really close with Dave Wanstead um, back in the day, if I'm not mistaken. And then at, then at Dallas, then, ironically. Well, yeah, yeah. and then uh, Troy Aikman, of course, was. You know, Man, I watched that. We're going to go to the Miami game. I was watching that OU Miami game on YouTube the other day, just because I got interested in what they look like with the, Troy Aikman. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to lie, man, that dude. He had a different. He had a different throwing motion. He had a couple long runs in that game too. He had a couple too. long runs, but he also he was like lighting it up through the air. Yeah, had, it was. when he got injured, they had more passing yards and rushing yards at that point. 
Yeah, and then he uh, goes to play for Terry Donahue at uh, UCLA and uh, becomes and they played a number one OU, pick. His redshirt, when he redshirted after he transferred, they played Oklahoma that very next year in Norman. If I remember correctly, 86? Uh, was yeah. that that would have been the uh, Gaston Green, Eric Ball Yeah, it's the Gaston Green, yeah. Eric Ball I think yeah. that's right. And that's when I think Eric Mitchell had like a, you know, who was always highly recruited, came out of uh, Arkansas. Jamel was the better wishbone practitioner. Bluff, yep. But I think he had a run where he started, you know, going to one of the one sideline, reversed his field, came all the way back in the other direction, scored in the other corner in the yep. end zone. So, yeah, those OU teams are unbelievable. But, yeah, Gary Gibbs' memories right there takes us down memory lane. That Miami team that came in, man, they came in for a Friday because the opposing team would come work out on the, uh, you know, get a feel for the field and everything, as they still do. But that team, man, that Jimmy team with Testaverde and Urban and Blades and Jerome Brown, the late Jerome Brown, who was the one who broke Troy's leg, um, they came in. They, they looked like a machine in their workout. <laughs> I mean, looked like a machine. All right. Uh, 2025 offensive lineman. Somebody on the uh, Knippel Myers Chevrolet text line wants to know how it's looking for Oklahoma. And, again, this class, the 2025 class, already has five commitments. Looks like they're going to get Nate Roberts eventually. Uh, and they're third in the 2025 ranking. So what are you looking at for O-Lyman 2025? Uh, so uh, here we go. I'm trying to pull up all the offers here. Um, yeah, obviously you got five-star Michael Fasusi, who is teammates with one OU commit, Jaden Hardy. I think Oklahoma and Texas are the top two for him. Obviously you have Denton Ryan's offensive tackle, Ty Haywood who is really close with a lot of the Denton guys, at, whether it's Peyton Bowen, whether it's Jackson Arnold. Obviously, uh, Caleb Hicks was a former teammate of his. So you have that as well. Uh, he's a 6'6", 270-pound offensive tackle out of Denton Ryan. Owen Hollenbeck, who was teammates with one. Um, oh, my gosh, now I just went, went – went, uh, blank here he's out of melissa texas um but yeah obviously he is um oklahoma's in a really good standing there he camped at oklahoma looked really really good earned the offer at that point and oklahoma has been one of the top schools lamont rogers out of mesquite horn is another really good player that oklahoma seems to be in a very good spot as a matter of fact he took an unofficial visit to oklahoma back this spring and almost committed according to sources so like take that for what it's worth douglas uto out of um las vegas bishop gorman obviously oklahoma has deep ties to bishop gorman uh oklahoma's in a really good spot there they actually have three guys from bishop gorman that are very very high on oklahoma and plan to take visits uh isaiah campbell it, well, that's defensive tackle, but obviously Isaiah Campbell, defensive tackle, is another guy that I think Oklahoma, out of the region, that is in a really good spot. Um, so there's there's several guys that Bill Beanbow and company have built a really good standing with. Uh, another guy is out of uh, Cypress Bridgeland, Texas, uh, Jonte Newman. He earned his offer at Oklahoma. I talked to his stepdad. His stepdad was a six foot nine, massive human being and one of the nicest guys ever and 
obviously, Jonte came out really impressed. Coach Beanbo impressed the whole staff, and he earned an offer as well at OU camp this summer and plans to take an unofficial visit during the season. So uh, Bill Beanbow and his recruitment, I think people need to understand he does a really good job evaluating. The offensive line has never really been an issue at Oklahoma underneath him. And I think people want to look, harken back to that, you know, the Joe Moore Award team in 2018, and they want to sit there and say, well, they haven't been as good. I mean, come on now. That team had a bunch of first and second rounders on it. That's not normal. Right? That's not the average. That's the line that buried uh, uh, Breckenhager. Oh, yeah. There. It's, is Breckenhager still there under the turf at Jerry World? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, the, uh, Powers was just, Ben Powers was just killing him that day. Just absolutely murdering him on pools. It was awesome. That GT counter, that poor dude was just getting buried over and over and over. So, um, yeah, that. Uh, I don't ever really have a worry no matter what Bill Beanbow does because one thing is for sure, if he misses on guys in recruiting, he does a fantastic job of filling those gaps in the transfer portal and really getting guys that were all conference guys elsewhere and making them, you know, day two guys in other places. So, yeah, it's it's really, really not a position that I sit there and go, oh, no, it's they're doing this. They're doing that. So, um, and I think at some point, when you see what Oklahoma's done in the transfer portal at defensive line, I think at some point after fans see it on the field, they're going to start feeling the same. Like, okay, they miss on this guy. They're going to get somebody out of the portal to come in and develop into somebody really good, and that's the way it's going to be. But they haven't seen it on the field, so fans don't have a feel for it yet. All we can do is sit there and say. They really love Dejon Terry. They really love Rondell Bothroyd and Trace Ford, those transfer guys. But until they prove it on the field in front of the OU fans, it's just talk. It's all talk. Yeah. All right, here at Riverwind on a Friday, uh, Steely from Tom says, yes, Gary Gibbs uh, always thought the Sooners were going to win those games against the Horns back during the Gibbs era, and they just always somehow got away. Well, it was either the, uh, the, one of the Cash brothers or uh, Bubba Jacks, uh, who in, I'm almost positive that was a 91 game, which Kale would have been a part of. Um, when Oklahoma led in the fourth quarter, there was 10 minutes left or so, and the Sooners were, had the ball, and uh, then all of a sudden Texas had the ball in the end zone. Mike McKinley fumbled right into the arms of Bubba Jacks, and it was Texas in the lead and had all the momentum. But that's the Gary Gibbs era, ladies and gentlemen, from way back when. I mean, way back when. All right. uh, We are coming back. We've got two more segments to go. 405-651-3439. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line here at Riverwind Casino. Stay with us. Be right back on the home of Sooner fans. The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. 
Back with you here at Riverwind on a Friday. Brandon Drum, all you insider, Rivals, uh, was with us yesterday when we were out at Cabin's Group with us today again here at Riverwind. We appreciate that. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Texas Longhorns here in just a second. Beats and Bites, uh, we have another show coming up. It is a week from tomorrow night, August 26th, with Gary Allen on the uh, Coop Works Beats and Bites stage. Outdoors here at Riverwind, a big-time show also added for the fall for Beats and Bites in the fall. Remember, we had Bedlam Beats and Bites last year. We'll have a fall show with the Gin Blossoms, Tonic, and Wakeland, October 22nd. Outdoors at Riverwind with the great food trucks and everything. Uh, tickets are only 10 bucks. Get yours online at riverwind.com or at the box office. This weekend, Dwight Yoakum at the Showplace Theater. Next Friday night, a week from tonight, the Counting Crows at the Showplace Theater. And, again, I will reiterate that uh, it looks amazing out here. The uh, renovations, Justin, uh, the GM, and the crew, you know, had been planning on this for a while, and it looks spectacular. Okay. Joe Klatz on his uh, YouTube show said this the other day about the Longhorns, who are favored, of course, uh, to win the Big 12 championship. Joe Klatz says, you know what? I've got to see it to believe it from Texas. I'm starting to get fed up with Texas before the season. And I like Sark. I like Quinn Ewers. I like this team. Ten starters back on offense. Should be dynamic in that respect. They were a pretty good defense last year. They just didn't win tight ball games. Best rosters usually win championship games. They should win the Big 12 championship. They should. Their roster suggests that they're the best team in the conference and that they should compete for a playoff spot. But guess what? They're still Texas. They're still Texas. And by the way, I've been a bit of a cheerleader for Texas. And that's why I'm so upset even before they play a game like perpetually underachieving this team. And the problem is, is that there are enough teams in the big 12 that are just like tough, tough outs. Kansas state comes to mind. Texas tech comes to mind. TCU comes to mind. You've got the rivalry against Oklahoma. They're the next most talented team. Like those, those are, Those are not easy games, and Texas has perpetually played down to its level of competition. There you go, Brandon Drum. What do you think about what Joel Klatt had to say about the Horns? I think we all kind of feel that way, but uh, what do you think about this Longhorns team and how its roster right now stacks up with Oklahoma? Yeah, so I went to go look at his preseason top 25 when we were listening to the audio and I, I was ready to just throw a dagger at Joel because I thought oh well he's saying all this to kind of balance out the fact he probably has them in the top 10 like most everybody else but to his credit he has a number 14 number 14 and that's only two that's only a, a two spots in front of Oklahoma where he has an Oklahoma at number 16 so um Look, they've got a really good roster, but when has Texas not had a really good roster? Like, I don't want to hear this, well, they did this and they did that. No, no, no. They have all, You go back and you look at the history of their recruiting, you'll be hard-pressed to find maybe one or two times that they weren't in the top 15 in recruiting classes. 
you'll be hard-pressed to find ten times they weren't in the top ten. Like, that's how good their roster is. So the excuses are done. I agree with Joe Klatt. Like, it's almost to the point where we're just like, come on, man. Like, you got everybody wants to hate on Oklahoma last year, and they're like, oh, well, Oklahoma was so bad. Yeah, Texas beat Oklahoma 49 to nothing without a quarterback. Like, they had no quarterback. It was awful. But at the same time, like, when you go look at Texas and their ending record, they were 8-5. and five. They won two more games than Oklahoma did. Two more games. And we're acting like they're like, people are acting like they're going to go compete for a national title after that. They were 5-7 and seven and then 8-5. and five. Well, What are we doing? What yeah. are we doing? Yeah, it's it's amazing, but you know what? Uh, it happens every year with Texas. It seems like it happens every single year. We'll find a lot in week two uh, in Tuscaloosa, obviously, for, uh, you know, for Texas. Uh, we'll find out. Uh, you know, Dylan Gabriel's numbers were in every category better than Quinn Ewers a year ago. And I know, the you know, you took it, take a look at some of the mock drafts and everything, and uh, it, is, it is clearly a lot of people still like Quinn Ewers. He was the number one recruit in that class. But, you know, in Sooner fans, there are some that, yeah, Dylan, they're not going anywhere with Dylan Gabriel at quarterback. Well, his numbers were better than Quinn Ewers in pretty much every area uh, last year. So we'll see what happens. 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. Uh, I want to thank Oklahoma Generator again for uh, sponsoring our 1 o'clock hour. OKGen.com or call 405-321-6631. That's 405-321-6631. Out here at Riverwind, get on out here. Participate in the $100,000 new scene celebration drawings tomorrow night. Play with your wild card. If you do not have... A Riverwind wild card, you absolutely 100% need to get one. Uh, You can upgrade your wild card, too, but a standard-issue Riverwind wild card will get you involved in all these promotions, giveaways, uh, and believe me, it it will help you a lot if you have one. You definitely need one. All right, break time. Brandon Drum, one more segment on this Friday here at Riverwind Casino on the home of Sooner fans. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. All right, here at uh, Riverwind on a Friday. What does a Friday mean at Riverwind? Steak night at the River Buffet. There are other great dining options out here. Uh, You know, they've got a brand-new food court set up, uh, the season's food court. Won't miss a single game there. It's amazing, the wraparound TVs they have there. Really cool looking, if you haven't seen that, Uh, which I think is a great addition here to the newly renovated Riverwind Casino and, of course, Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant. Uh, great dining options here at Riverwind Casino. They also have a big-time hotel attached right here to the casino itself. So if you uh, are coming from out of town, uh, you want to stay the night at Riverwind Casino, the accommodations are big-time. And uh, you can spend a whole uh, whole weekend here in the Norman area and uh, enjoy some great gaming, some great shows, some great food, and a great uh, room at the Riverwind Hotel right here by the casino. 
Okay, 405-651-3439. Anything else that we need to cover today? Oh, I wanted to play. Can we play the the Peyton Bowen clip about coming in uh, for the spring, Pierce, if you have that? Because I want to talk about uh, Peyton Bowen, Jackson Arnold, and P.J., the three five-stars from last year's class in their progress so far. So let's hear from Peyton Bowen, who again said, yeah, it was a good move for him. Glad that he came in for the spring at OU. Coming out here in the spring was a very good choice. Like, coming out here, getting the work in now, um, fall camp's almost like the same thing, and it's pretty easy. Like, not easy, but it's good that I got that work early and got out the way. I'd say that's the hardest part. I feel like I know the plays really well. It's just how, um, like, your alignment and um, disguising, I think that's the main thing that just really gets to me. And I'm, obviously I'm getting better at it now from the spring, but it's it's coming along, and that's I'd say that's probably the hardest part. All right, Peyton Bowen's going to play significant snaps this year. Uh, do you think what, – what would your guess be – on how many snaps Peyton Bowen uh, plays, maybe percentage-wise, this year. A, a lot depends on, you know, he, he could play some cheetah in certain situations, could play, uh, you know, when they have a nickel pa- or dime package in there. But of the uh, three five-stars, clearly Peyton Bowen's going to play more than the others, and a lot of that is because the position demands uh, probably that he play more clearly. We'll see what happens with Jackson Arnold, how many snaps he gets in P.J. Adebarre. But what are you thinking about Peyton Bowen? The, the reviews on all three of these guys so far are living up to the hype. Yeah, so I guess right now I think to start the season you're going to see him in a lot of situational stuff. Uh, he'll come in on passing downs, be an extra DB or safety, uh, maybe an extra nickelback. Uh, but as the season rolls, rolls along, um, I've been told that just – from speaking to sources that, you know, Reggie Pearson's doing a really good job, but there's still some inconsistency there that need to be fine-tuned a little bit. And to expect Peyton to start digging in a little bit there as well, uh, I, I just fully expect him to play quite a bit as the season rolls along and as he, you know, gets more comfortable uh, whether they have to move Billy Bowman to strong safety and put Peyton at free, or maybe they keep, uh, you know, Peyton at, you know, strong or free or what, it doesn't matter. They can flip him, flop him, do whatever. He's he's playing behind Billy Bowman right now. We know that. Uh, but if you want your best eleven guys out there, and he really does end up being the best eleven, one of the best eleven, I think he's going to end up playing quite a bit by the end of the season but to start the season i don't think you can expect him to be a starter i think you'll see him situationally in some of the nickelbacks some dime packages you know stuff like that to to add more athleticism on the field for oklahoma in particular on passing downs uh and in questions like that honestly like i defer to coaches and i defer to teddy layman like when it comes to that stuff because i know football i know it really well but those guys have played it lived it at a level I could only dream of, and they're going to know it better than me. So uh, I, I make no qualms to sit here and say that um, I know exactly how he's going to fit, and you know I'm just going off what I've been told. And right now, most people expect him to start by the end of the season. 
and that's from pretty good sources. So um, it's just a matter of he has to do the work. He has to get the consistency. Uh, I, I just think mentally he's got an IQ that's elite for a football player, and he's got the athleticism to go with it. But at the same time, you've got to sit there and go, you know, these guys are in front of him have done it more, and he's still learning. He's still learning the system. Yeah, and they're moving him around a lot. So, uh, But apparently he's got a pretty good football IQ and uh, is taking a lot of it in, but it's going to be very interesting. Reggie Pearson, I just got a text. Steely, will Reggie Pearson be the hardest-hitting safety of all time? Um, the hardest-hitting safety of all time, in my opinion, would be Jack Tatum with the Oakland Raiders back in the day um, or Donnie Shell with the Steelers or somebody like that. OU uh jerry anderson back in the 70s for coach switzer um I, I think scott hill put that incredible hit on tony dorsett so you put him up there somewhere uh brandon average during the soups era certainly would be one as well so i don't know if he'll be the hardest hitting safety of all time but you can ask dylan gabriel about him uh you know being able to to uh to deliver a pretty pretty strong hit to somebody it happened in lubbock uh last year clearly Stepping in the scrimmage on Wednesday, too. He freaking rocked. Uh, Teddy didn't say it publicly, so I won't say the name publicly. But he rocked a running back that uh, the ball, according to what I've been told, popped straight up in the air. And uh, it was just it was a bullet. But he also missed on several tackles as well out in open field. I think that and I was told specifically from sources that is the biggest knock on Pearson is he's boomer bust sometimes. Kind of like. Brandon Everidge was back in the day. Really solid tackler when he hits you. But you go for the jugular sometimes and you miss. Big plays happen. So, And that's going to happen in any Brent Venables defense because of how aggressive it is. But um, it's just one of those deals where he, they gotta be more con- he's got to be more consistent. And that's just across the board, I've been told. The secondary has to be more consistent tackling in space. It's better than last year, way better. But they want it to be perfect, obviously, because they're coaches. Yep. Brandon Drum, ladies and gentlemen. Brandon, thank you for coming out. I appreciate you the last couple of days. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And, uh, man, we are, we are moving closer to the start of football season. Please get here. Please. So I uh, want to thank Brandon for uh, joining us the last couple of days. want to thank everybody out here at Riverwind again. Justin Yohola, the great uh, general manager. Uh, always has us uh, in great accommodations here. They built a special place for our radio remotes. It is really cool. And, again, uh, get on out here. If you haven't seen the newly renovated Riverwind Casino, you're going to be really impressed. I mean, it was already the best casino experience in the metro area, and now the best is even better. So um, appreciate everything that Riverwind does for the ref and in the community, and we always love being out here. Also want to thank OK Generators, the sponsor of our second hour. OKGen.com, that is OKGen.com, or call them up at 405-321-6631. Thank you, everybody, for the birthday wishes today. Have a great Friday. Locked in up next.